live from Columbus. It's the Zone of Truth. This week on the show, Griff and I welcome on Haley and the Campbells to discuss the final three characters joining the party for Skull and Shackles, and of course, answer some listener questions. I'm your host, Steve, in the studio with your GM and my co-host, Griffin. Roll a will save. You're in the Zone of Truth. And we're live. Yep, we're live. Griff. Live of five. Live oh five. Four oh five. The time we're starting. No, live with five. Live with five. What are you what are you Live saying? with five. Oh, live with five of us. Okay, I guess that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. How exciting is that? It's the OG squad. Chris wasn't invited today. But, you know, we <laughs> you, did, you did his already. Yeah. We already knocked that out. So uh how you doing, man? Pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. We're doing this on a Sunday. Mm-hmm. Sunday fun day. Sunday fun day. We had a pretty good weekend. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, a pretty good weekend. I'm in, uh, I think the shape that I described myself in uh, when I showed up today was ragged. Uh, <laughs> we were out pretty late. And uh, yesterday was a long day. A lot of Ren Fair shenanigans leading into going out to the bars. So yeah, Feast of Fools, baby. Yeah. You drinking anything today? Water. I know the answer. I'm drinking yeah. some water. Same here. All right. Before the water, I had like an energy drink. So mm, nice. Put some pep in my step. Glad to hear it. Well, I mean, why am I even wasting time? We got we got Haley in the squad. We got Brooks on the cam. We got Emily here too. Hey, everybody, welcome to the show. Thanks. Hello, hey, everyone. Hell yeah! Very glad to have you all. Very very excited to talk about Skull and Shackles characters because I actually don't know the answer to most of the questions that I'm going to be answering today. So. I'm pretty excited to learn what the rest of my party is going to look like. <laughs> All right. Well, let's do a little bit of a roundup here. I don't know if anybody else is drinking anything today. I'll just throw that to the rest of you all. Haley, you drinking anything today? I have three drinks. <laughs> all right. Run them down. What do we got? <laughs> I have mint tea, ginger ale, and an olipop and flavor strawberry vanilla. Classic ADHD girly. <laughs> <laughs> that's one a, for that's energy, one for flavor, one for... These are actually all for flavor and one for heartburn. Two oh, for okay. flavor, one for heartburn. Nice. That is a great spread. How about you, Emily? What you got going on? I have a vodka and grapefruit juice. Ooh. I wanted something right. a little red today. Rock and roll. And how about you, Brooks? I picked up... A uh, like discount mystery six pack, the uh, liquor store a while back, and mm-hmm. this is the Sam Adams Epic Squeeze Citrus Ale. So uh, yeah, honestly, like all of the beers were like pretty cool sounding craft beers in a six pack that was like I think four dollars. Right yeah, now? it was really cheap. Oh wow. Yeah, suspiciously so, cheap. But you don't know what you're going to get. You, yeah. That's like, uh, do you remember Rusty Bucket does those yes. uh, $1 brown bag beers? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's one of the macros in the country, but you don't know which one. Mm-hmm. I think uh, one of y'all got a hams out of that. There's a hams in there. I think mm. there was a Strohs in there. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Is that like pulling like a holographic card or uh... (laughs) only if it's the old logo that's exactly right then you know it's not PBR (laughs) oh geez don't even get me started Um, (laughs) all right let's do a quick rundown want to talk a little bit what you all been up to lately before we hop into the meat of this episode and start talking about characters let's start reverse order then Brooks what's up man what you been up to oh well staying busy with a lot of house projects here and there do a little wiring as of late as well in the house projects. A little bit of golf simulator work. I think I've read the ship combat like three times now. Just trying <laughs> to get it, understand it. But, sure. So I'm, I'm excited for that. But that's what I've been doing in terms of reading Pathfinder wise. Hell yeah. Getting ready to hit the high seas, it sounds like. Oh, yeah. Some real high seas. Ahoy matey. All right. Well, let's talk to Emily a little bit. Emily, what you been up to? I've also been doing a lot of home projects. So I like to have something on in the background that doesn't take too much mental power to focus on. 
-hmm. And I found I really like watching other people play horror games on Twitch. Oh, sure. And now that we don't have Carrying Crown, I am missing that bit of horror in my life. So I've watched a bunch of games now, but it's always really interesting just watching like a new indie horror game get played by someone else. So it's less scary. What's your favorite horror game that you've watched recently? Oh, okay. I have a couple. I'm kind of out of touch with horror games. So I really like Dredge. That was kind of like an eldritch horror boat game. Loved that one. Mm -hmm. Had some fishing in it. I also really liked Killer Frequency. That was like a radio host kind of like murder puzzle game that you had to solve. And then also all of the Chilla's art games. Those are always pretty good, too. Dave the Diver, too. Oh, yeah, that was a fun one. Not so much horror, but that was fun. Nice. I always have trouble with horror games. I don't know why. They just scare the crap out of me. I'm fine with horror books, comic books, movies, TV shows, whatever. I can't do video games. They're tough. And that's why watching someone else Mm -hmm. play it, it's a different experience. It lowers the scariness factor because I'm not in control. I'm just watching. Sure. Mm Mm-hmm. All right, Haley, what you been up to lately? Well, it's Ren Fair season, so yep. we've been going to the Ren Fair every weekend, basically. And then Friday, we decided to make costumes like, and spent way too long and all night doing that. Um, <laughs> and that's, I guess that's the big stuff lately is a lot of Ren Fair things. Yeah, it's been a blast going, but you guys put in some serious work Friday night. And it showed, though, your costumes were awesome for Feast of Fools weekend. <laughs> Griff, how about you, man? Well, yeah, I uh, definitely helped Haley with that, but she was the seamstress on that project. Uh, but I did buy like $250 worth of new crafting templates. So like for leather work and for sewing on Friday, which uh, was probably a lot, but I'm excited to get back into that. Uh, watched uh, ZOM 100, which was oh, I heard great good. things about that. Yeah. I think there's seven episodes out now that are dubbed, which is what Haley and I are watching it in, but it's pretty cool. It's mm-hmm. uh interesting concept. Like a guy gets worked to death. <laughs> Basically the zombie apocalypse is like a vacation for him. Uh-huh. And he's like enjoying life again now that everyone is a zombie. Mm-hmm. He basically risks his life in ridiculous ways, like to go get beer because he feels like his life was already meaningless, so it doesn't really matter. Nice. If he if he dies <laughs> to a zombie. Uh, like he in one of the first episodes, he's like, I'd rather die to a zombie than not go to the grocery store and get myself a six pack of beer so I can have a lazy day in my house. And that's so he just does that. Yeah. <laughs> so that's pretty fun. And then we're getting ready for Skull and Shackles. Hell yeah. Well, as for me, also Ren Fair season, I've been joining, going, and uh, it's been an absolute blast using it as an excuse to get day drunk and walk around in costume. That's always a good time. And then what else has been going on? It's, it's October, so I'm in a very spooky mood, and I've been just trying to clean up a bunch of horror movies that I should have seen but haven't. Like the other night, I just watched the original Exorcist for the first time. I've also watched the original Friday the 13th and part two. I've never seen those, even though I've seen a bunch of the sequels, the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre and the 2003 reboot. So just trying to like check the boxes that I should be checking as an actual fan of horror. I know people hearing that, knowing that I like horror will be surprised that I haven't seen all those movies, but it's like a lot of them have either been like memed to death or I've read so much about, or they've been parodied on like different shows that I just feel like I've seen them, even though I haven't, but now I have. So I still have a few days left in October to bang out a couple more, but looking forward to it. Not sure what I'm going to watch next, maybe like reanimator or something. I'll figure it out. But yeah, in the meantime, I can see the chat, and I know that Princess Bride is not a horror movie, so I'm not going to be watching that in October, or maybe ever. We'll see. But uh, there is the horror-filled forest. Hmm. Yeah, the forest of despair or whatever. Yeah, the forest of despair. It's pretty spooky. Hmm. That sounds interesting, but I also have no way of telling if I'm being gaslit right now. No, that's actually a thing. That is a very real thing, the forest of despair. Mm, (laughs) We'll see. I don't think I'm going to do it. Oh, yes, and the pit of horrors. You're so right. Hmm. Maybe it is a horror movie. Anyway. There's a dread pirate in it. 
Hmm. Another horror movie that we need to see is Friday the 13th, part six. Ooh, Jason Lives, baby. That's yes. a great one. <laughs> Brooks, let's, let's get some on the calendar to rewatch that one together sometime. Oh, yes. But, uh, all right. Anyway, I think it's about time. We've made the people wait for long enough. We've got three more Skull and Shackles characters to introduce today. We've got the folks on the stream to talk about it. We got a whole bunch of awesome people listening in. How about we just get into it? Emily, Brooks, Haley, does anybody want to go first? I will politely request someone else to go first. <laughs> All right. Which one I'm of the candles? I'm still trying to balance some of this, like, producing well-being on the show. Sorry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's save you for last, then. Give you some time. <laughs> All right. I think I'm ready. Rock and roll. All right. You have the agenda. You know what I'm going to ask. We're going to talk about some ABCs. We're going to talk a little bit about character inspiration and the like. But first, Brooks, I want to know the name of your character. Whitney Webb and uh, goes by Wit. All right. I love the name, but let's get an image in the heads of the listeners. What should they be envisioning as you're describing this character and their motivations? They're a uh, tall, slim, uh, quite chiseled build. <laughs> a body type similar to, to my bae. You, of course, Steve. Oh, man, you're going to make me blush on this frame. <laughs> um, their skin would be a sun-faded, muddled shade of lightning blue. That mm-hmm. is definitely going to become more obvious as soon as your next question will come up. But they've got numerous small like black spots on their skin that resemble crude oil and water. And... They've seen a little action at sea before, so the cuts and scratches that have scarred are still that like fleshy pink after. So those stand out quite vividly with the rest of their skin. And in terms of what they wear, a black wide brimmed scouting hat that covers their like black glossy eyes and black quilted armor with chest pockets for any navigation tools and I guess the the armor itself doesn't have arms so the shoulders are exposed kind of cowboy-esque all right so I've heard some uh some colorful description here but let's cement it what ancestry are you playing Gripley yeah yeah we got a frog boy Uh uh-huh that's right and the lightning blue and black spots, I think, give away the heritage quite nicely. Uh, poison hide. Ooh. Now, what does that do for you? All right. So that is, you might have to correct me. I don't have it right in front of me, but a uh, melee attack gives 1d4 poison damage. Yep, you can apply poison to your weapons and such. Nice. From your skin. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure you're not going to be gross about that at all at any point <laughs> during this campaign. <laughs> um, <Well>. All right. <laughs> Let's talk about your background. What'd you pick? I picked Drowned. There's multiple reasons behind that, but it fits really, really well with their backstory, first and foremost. I don't think now is quite the time for that. But Mm -hmm. from a mechanical perspective, allows them to have extra ability to hold their breath longer. Ooh, okay. Is this one of the special ones from the campaign? I see Griff nodding over here. Yep, it's it's from uh, Firebrands Plus. Ooh, all right. Very cool. I think this is always the big one. You know what question's coming next? ABC. I need to hear what class you're playing. Ranger. Hell yeah. Now tell me a little bit about why. I was a little late coming to the party in terms of picking an exact uh, (laughs) role, but Mm -hmm. I love it. So it needed a a frontliner. A pick? Yep. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Brooks and I were picking uh, figuring out his class when everyone else was writing their character vignettes, so. (laughs) 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 A little late to the party. (laughs) So definitely frontliner. But they're definitely not one-dimensional. I mm-hmm. would definitely say that. So for everyone listening, definitely 
I'm gonna try really, really, really hard not to be just an air bear or an Ikmer where they are just frontline in that. <laughs> they were beloved characters, I will say that though. Oh yes. <laughs> your ranger, so you got your perception expertise, you got your survival expertise, you got probably nature, among other things. You know, you know the ranger kind of gets slept on in terms of it being a skills class because you have rogue, but ranger gets a lot of skill training as well. Mm. In addition to just the martial flexibility that I think Brooks is going to bring to this character. Now that's very exciting. Yeah. I want to ask you another question here then. Obviously we're playing with the free archetype. This is something you could sit on if you want to and let it reveal itself naturally when we hit level two, or you could say it right now and give the people what they want to hear. So are you going to reveal your free archetype? I think I can. I think I can. Horizon Walker. Ooh. Yeah. All right. Definitely fits with the ranger vibe. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And, th- and there's the mechanical aspect to that as well. So depending on the terrain and that being aquatic, got that swim speed. Nice. All right, man. Uh, Just a few more questions for you. Now we're going to start talking a little bit about character inspiration and personality and stuff like that. So first one is personality. How are you going to play this character? So first and foremost, looking out for number one. Um, I I think that's important. important (laughs) So not full full sacrifice mode. But definitely a team player, but a tough exterior. If I can play that, we'll try to have that come out and hard to kind of break through that. But soft inside, extremely loyal to the crew. Just like you, tough exterior, ooey gooey center, you know, (laughs) once you get through there. (laughs) Yep. Extremely loyal to their crew and... Knowing that how uh, they survive is is reliance upon each other mm-hmm. at sea. So that's an important aspect for sure. Sweet. All right. Let's talk inspirations for the character. So did you cast this character with an actor? Some people do. Some people don't. Yes. Jason Momoa. I don't know if anyone's <laughs> ever heard of him. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But specifically, Jason Momoa's character... Dante Reyes. I'm sorry, but you described the body being kind of like Steve's, which is not <laughs> at all. Like, does it uh, not even comes close? Well, he's a frog man, so other, like you got, other you end know. of the spectrum. <laughs> <laughs> Still, I I can see how that would be a little bit difficult, but but that's the way I see it. That's the way I see it. Have you have you seen that man, Steve? He's been working out quite a bit lately, so he's getting oh, there you. for sure. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty close he's to in Jason. The room with me. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I've just spent too long away from him. I've got, I, I, I get th- it. That's the image that I see. So, <laughs> do you have like a Photoshop picture of Steve in your, in your bedroom? <laughs> It's like Steve Steve's head shopped on the Momoa's body. Hey, might get that commissioned. That was um, a fat head, actually. <laughs> With lightning blue spots all over my body. All right. Well, anyway, yeah. So, uh, do, do you have any other inspirations for the character besides uh, me and Jason Momoa? So Dante Reyes in Fast Ten fast, or Fast X. I'm sorry. Oh, but. A little bit more cowboy than Dante Reyes, but equally as flamboyant and chaotic for sure. All right, man. Well, rounding home here, any like further generalities you can provide for this character? So how are you going to like behave in combat? Because Ranger, you did mention wanting to be up front, but playing a little differently than some previous characters that you played. So just like what role are you trying to fill? I guess is what I'm asking here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Frontliner with an animal companion and I'm not going to reveal the animal just yet but zero reload build using thrown weapons early in combat and then sword and board in the rounds to to come after that. Alright, final question for you today here Brooks. 
leading into episode one of Skull and Shackles, can you give us a little bit of a spoiler-free summary of this character's place in the world leading into that? They're from a rural coastal community of skilled navigators and where they've lived amongst the mangroves in the sodden lands, where the connection between other Gripply communities is very dependent and how they have grown up to get supplies. And so if you could picture living in the treetops, but at sea level, so forming the mangroves to be almost pods, where each community is very or family-oriented pods together. So yeah, that's where they would be, be coming from. But this sea navigation is a highly prized ability amongst the pirate ships that they've traveled on. And with their background, wit has been passed from ship to ship as a captive pilot. And so how they exactly end up to the Skull and Shackles campaign is that they've said enough is enough. And that's exactly where they find themselves. Awesome. Well, I guess at this point, I'll just say I'm very, very excited for Wit to join the party. Before we move on to Emily, Griff, do you have any thoughts on this character coming in? Yeah, I think Brooks and I kind of sat down more than the rest of you to figure out what would be a good fit with the group because he was kind of the last to decide. Mm -hmm. So we've kind of worked together to build this character out a couple levels. I think there's some interesting play that Wit's going to have with the party, and I think they're going to be super beneficial from a wisdom kind of class because if we're thinking and we'll, we'll get there, Wit's wisdom is the only wisdom we have. So, so very perceptive, very capable at sea. Think your navigator and primary pilot is probably the role that this character will fill. And as you'll hear in their vignette, there's some very interesting history with wit and pirates. Okay. Well, rock and roll. That's very awesome. Very excited for wit to join the party. But Emily, you're up. It's time to talk about your character. You ready? All right. I am. I'm going to be playing Kaya Korica. Kaya Korica. All right. Very cool name. What should people envision when they're thinking about Kaya? So she is a relatively short, but still medium sized person. She does have quite long, elegant arms for her stature, and she's covered in black feathers with some white that breaks it up around her neck and her chest. She has a long gray beak that curls slightly at the end and her black eyes are ringed with blue skin. Ooh. So you playing like a human or something? <laughs> yeah, she glues feathers onto her every single day. <laughs> awesome all right so i mean i think cat's out of the bag here what ancestry plan i am playing a tengu yeah rock and roll did you model that after like any particular seabird yeah so i spent a lot of time looking into different types of birds and what i felt like this character would encompass and i settled on frigate birds so if you take a look at them, they're kind of what I just described. The male frigate birds have like a red stripe around their neck and she wears a red bandana. So that's about almost the only color in her ensemble, except for her golden taloned fingers. I love it. Well, do you have a, a heritage picked out? Yeah, she is a wave diver. So she is at home in the water, has a swim speed, and she has kind of an oily coating to her feathers. So they're kind of slicked down most of the time. Sure. All right, let's talk background. What'd you pick? Because she is so at home in the water, I picked Touched by the Sea. Ooh. Is that from the campaign? Is that not from the campaign? It is from the campaign. So it gives you strength or constitution and then a free ability boost it makes you trained in athletics and sailing lore and then you gain the underwater marauder skill feat 
Ooh, very exciting. All right, so we've talked a little bit about what people should be viewing when they're thinking about your character and in their mind, a little bit about their background. I gotta ask you the class, what are you playing? I'm playing a champion. Ooh, all right. I know those have like orders, right? Or there's a subclass, right? That you get to pick. Yes. So I am playing a liberator champion. And when I was first thinking about classes, I never really thought champion was something that could fit in a pirate themed campaign unless you were playing like an evil champion because pirates steal stuff. But Mm -hmm. there is a loophole. If you play a champion of Besmara, you can be a good aligned champion and take whatever you want because that is a tenant of Besmara. So you have to give some to the sea. So that was a big thing in, in one E. You are, <laughs> yes. So you you are supposed to give offerings to Besmara through it can be money. There's other yeah. types of offerings you can make, but yes, you are supposed to make offerings to her. Yeah. I played something that worshipped Besmara in an off game pod and uh or not off or an off pod game and I threw like random loot overboard, which didn't always make the party happy. Um <laughs> Yeah. The game's got keel hauled by me specifically. <laughs> they did make certain members of the party very heavy. <laughs> Yo, stop throwing cash in the ocean. Stop throwing cash in the Besmara ocean or it. I'm gonna inspire courage everyone but you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Liberator, Champion of Besmara. That is super exciting. That is perfectly thematic for this campaign. Same question as Brooks, though. Level two hits, you picking up a free archetype. So I will be, and I have something in mind, but I'm not going to 100% lock it in, you know, just in case that first level, if I feel like something else comes out from the story that would fit better, I'll maybe switch Mm -hmm. to it. But right now I'm thinking Pirate. That makes sense. Yep. (laughs) At least one of us should pick that one up. (laughs) What's this character's personality going to be like? How are you intending to act as them? So she's a pretty chill, laid back person. She's super supportive of other people's goals and desires. Even if they don't make sense to her, she doesn't really agree with it 100%. She'll still help them out, try to make sure they are able to get to where they want to be but the one thing that does ruffle her feathers is with when someone stops someone else from doing what they want to do then she steps in understandable let's talk about inspirations a little bit so did you cast this character did you also pick somebody from fast x (laughs) (laughs) maybe a background scene so I did not have an actor in mind. A lot of my visual inspirations actually come from Frigate Birds. So that's who my character is cast as. Sweet. Very cool. Very cool. Any other inspirations? Yeah, I drew inspirations from a lot of different places. And of course, I like pulling things from certain Disney movies. So I got some (laughs) very broad inspiration from Mulan and Moana. Very cool. Very cool. All right. Just a couple more questions for you before we move on to Haley. Are there any other further generalities you want to share with us about the character? How are they going to behave in combat? Like what role are they filling? So she's going to be a frontliner as well, but she's going to be a little bit more of a tanky support member. She has a little bit of healing. She does have liberating step that helps prevent some damage and can also help an ally attempt to break free of a grapple. Hell yeah. That's going to be very important up front with your flanking buddy, Brooks. Mm -hmm. They're going to make a great team up there. I guess last question that I have for you then is if you could give us a little bit of a spoiler-free summary of this character's place in the world heading into the Skull and Shackles campaign. Yeah, she was hatched and raised in the Shackles. Her family is in the Ushinawa Isles. She has spent years of her life on ships, but many of those years were not great. She is now a caretaker at the Temple to Besmara in Port Peril, Birth of Sea Wraith. You'll find out a lot more about uh, where she is right now in her vignette, but I can let you know 
that anyone she comes across, she loves to embellish and tell her story of finding Besmara. So you'll learn more later. I can't wait to hear it. Um, Also, something that you said really stood out to me is they were hatched. I guess that makes sense. I didn't really think about how that works. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I mean, Brooks was a tadpole somewhere. I guess so, yeah. (laughs) He was spawned. Gives me a lot to think about from your guys' characters. I Uh, guess you were hatched. I guess so. Mm. Wouldn't, Wouldn't serpent folk be hatched? Absolutely. Yeah. Huh. Nagaji, I assume, or ha- well, I'm gonna, I'm might gonna, be, I'm gonna have to do some vigor. It might, so it might be different. You <laughs> came from an egg. Brooks came from an egg. Emily came from an egg. We got a lot of eggs. Well, Brooks oh. came from. Brooks but they're, came they're, from like that's fertilized. Still uh, well, just doesn't have a shell. It's not a hard shell. Hmm. I think it's like it's not quite an egg though. It's like exterior fertilization. Like membrane. It's okay. Like, it's like okay. membrane. It's egg. like spawning like salmon spawn. Okay. All right. Well, eggs aside. Uh, <laughs> I, I guess I, egg. I, I will. Team I will. Egg. I will kick the same question to you, Brooks. Any further commentary you want to make about this character build or the process with Emily before we move on to Haley? You mean? You mean it to me? Yeah. Yes, Brooks. I mean, I'll kick the Brooks. <laughs> Brooks gave a look to the camera like, "What?" <laughs> uh, uh, sorry, guys. I'm uh, really operating on autopilot today. I, I did give um, it. Go, give go a ahead, quick Google search to it, and it <laughs> said that those frigate birds can stay in flight for over two months at a time. They're really Wild powerful birds. birds. They have huge wingspans, and instead of killing their own food, they steal food from other birds. So it's very, very <laughs> piratey. Trying to stay aloft. <laughs> I was dying for someone to play a champion of Besmara in this campaign, so I'm really excited for that. Just because it's like the only time it works, and it's like one of the coolest options you can take as a champion, like pirate champion. Come on! But when I think about Emily's character, she reminds me a lot of like early. Pirates of the Caribbean, Will Turner, who is like skilled and is like angling towards a pirate life, but is not quite really a pirate and is maybe a bit naive about the whole process. And like the connection to this god is kind of like their guiding light to becoming a pirate, but they're a little naive about the whole thing. Sure. And so I think this is going to be like your very good character. And you'll have other characters, such as Chris's character, that maybe toe the line on doing seedier things. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where there's going to be some interesting role play. Yeah, it's, we're definitely covering our bases of different types of characters that you would see in like, like this, a pirate this movie. This is the idealistic good guy pirate, mm-hmm. right? 100%. Very cool. Well, thank you for sharing all of that, Emily. I am very excited for this character to join the crew, but let's bring it home. We only have one more character to reveal, and you all will be familiar with the entire cast of characters for Skull and Shackles. Haley, let's talk. What's your character's name? Calypso Bellum. My first note is that's a great name. (laughs) Thanks. Uh, Okay. I think probably similar to Emily's. Once you start talking about your appearance, it's going to be very clear what you're playing. Yeah. So maybe we'll just kind of blend appearance and ancestry together. Yeah, I'm a skeleton. Right. (laughs) 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 Yeah, I am a skeleton, specifically a fodder skeleton. I'm so uh, human in appearance, but I am a skeleton. Okay. My bones are still like kind of whitish yellow. They're not like super aged Mm -hmm. and I will be probably wearing borderline rags in the beginning. I love it. Okay. I have so many more questions. That's not what I want to be wearing though. Go on. (laughs) This is what I have to for the story. (laughs) I mean, yeah. Okay. So, okay. I, I, I see where we're going with this. Is fodder like the heritage then? Fodder is the heritage. Yeah. Okay. So fodder is they're they're humans and physically close to humans that were kind of readily available and have been brought up. They're most commonly the favored material of necromancers. But in the beginning, due to some circumstances outside of my control, I I mean, I'm a fresh skeleton, like I'm a fresh out of the death skeleton, which means I'm not established. Right. And I still don't. And a lot of things about skeletons is they don't remember everything from their life. Mm hmm. 
but I remember just enough. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have a mission. That's a big thing about this, but uh, that's where in the beginning, part of my mission, I, I do I have to be in rags kind of in the beginning, but not where I want to be. <laughs> um, Calypso would much prefer to be dressed in all of the colors and all of the things that would be flashy, but... Well, as we start raiding the shackles, we might be able to make that a reality. Yes. Let's talk a little bit about background. What'd you pick? I am an aspiring free captain. Oh. Yes. That's pretty cool. Is that from the campaign? Is that from somewhere else? World Guide, page 70. Oh, (laughs) you're hitting me with the citations today. All right. (laughs) Cool. I I pulled them up. (laughs) But it's from the World Guide. Very cool. So, yes, that's part of my goals, right? Uh, Mm Mm-hmm. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a free captain. Okay. Trade in those rags for a bona fide ass pirate uniform. Yes. You're going to make yeah. it. I will. Bonafide. Bonafide. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll retroactively say pun intended. <laughs> there definitely wasn't. Um, okay. So the big one, this will be the final class that's getting introduced here. Yeah. What are you playing? And Elise Rez has said it about four times today already. I'm a bard. Hell yeah. I am the... Maestro Muse Bard, and so I'm excited for that. Sweet. What made you pick Bard? I wanted to play Bard. (laughs) I guess that's as good a reason as any. I wanted to play Bard. Like, I felt like it'd be fun to play a Bard on a pirate ship. I I gotta ask for a Bard. Like, what type of performance would you do? Singing? I have no... Play the ribcage? No, I considered that. <laughs> Here, we go. Here we go into what I have hyper-focused on for absolutely no reason at all, which is the complete history of pirate and ship-based instruments and what was most popular and what people use and, and what could I use. Okay, so anyways, I after all of that and listening to a lot of this music and then going way too deep into this instruments, I'm playing a, a custom-built concertina. I don't even know what that is. Concertina is not quite an accordion, but it is similar in style. So it is a back and forth, and then it's got keys, but it's not like a keyboard. I've, there you I, go, yeah. yeah. Google, as, Google, and you got it. Yeah, as soon as you Google it, it's like, oh, that's what that thing's called. I never yes. knew. Okay. So that is the concertina, and my concertina is called the Tidewind Bellows. <laughs> you named your Yes! <laughs> yes, I did! I planned... This is mine! <laughs> Everything's gotta have an epithet. Hell yes. <laughs> I love it. Alright, level two is gonna roll around eventually. We're playing with free archetypes. Is that something you want to reveal today? I don't know if I really want to reveal it, but I, I can, at least if Griffin can help me. What book is that in? Because I can't remember. It's in... Firebrands Plus. That's what I thought. I wanted to make right. sure. I wrote it down, but I was like, I can't find that book downloaded right now. So it'll be, I think, from Firebrands Plus, but I never, ever, ever build characters past the level that they have to be for the adventure. Mm-hmm. So it's not set in stone. Nice. Yours is, though. I'm pretty sure it is. <laughs> but like, mine's like pretty, pretty well set in stone because it's cool as shit. But... I don't ever build it. So, like, I have nothing that actually has that in my character right now. Gotcha. All right. A couple questions here about, like, personality inspiration. So we'll start with that one first. Personality of this character. How do you intend to act as them? I would say, well, I want to be the captain. So I will try to be a leader, but also a, like, kind of kind until something goes against my goal and then it's like that flip of the switch like you know the skeletons and all the cartoons that have like the like happy and then they like get really evil mm, yes that nice. uh that vibe brooke does brooke, it all the brooke time does it all the piece. time in yeah. one piece yeah i love that and that's like closest thing to my style of how i would play i guess would be a little bit similar to brooke Sweet. Well, I think that actually segues really nicely into the next question, which is if you cast this character, I'd love to know who you cast them as or if there's any inspiration that you pulled when putting it together. Yeah, I guess a a bit from uh, quite a bit, probably from One Piece as a whole. uh, There's multiple characters that I kind of mishmashed into this, but also Brooke is a huge inspiration there. And then in Sea Beast, the first mate, I think, of the captain, I think it's first mate is her job she's definitely an inspiration as well and i can't remember her name 
I can picture her, I guess. But she's pretty fantastic. She's kind of the actual leader on this ship, <laughs> realistically. Like, the captain <laughs> kind of says one thing, and then she makes it all happen. Mm-hmm. But I like the way that her vocals go, so I want to try and mimic that a little bit. And a little bit about her vibe. I like it. But a lot from Brooke from One Piece. I mean... Yeah. Let's be real. I watched so many of those. Are you going to do the laugh? Well, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It's pretty intense. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually a requirement to play in Skull and Shackles. You have to have a ridiculous One Piece laugh for your characters. Yeah, you better, that's Y'all better true. figure out what your laugh is going to oh, be. This is new news <laughs> Y'all to me. Y'all better figure out this. your laughs. Ooh. I- I've been workshopping mine. Okay. <laughs> like, like so, some examples for One Piece are like, that's another one. It's horrible. <laughs> or <laughs> oh god, Foxy. <laughs> this is like the Arrested Development characters. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, exactly it's exactly that. I think it, it's 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 because when, when it's like. I think Oda just likes to like put weird strings of words together for people's laughs, and when they get translated into anime, it's like <laughs> like e- each person's laugh is spelled like differently. So like mm-hmm. like Blackbeard's laugh always starts with a Z. He's always mm. like <laughs> like that. So then when they translate it over, it's like yeah. Oh. I don't know. I've got to make mine rattle. Brooke's laugh is the is the iconic one, though, because his is like, yo, yo, <laughs> every time. Good. It is pretty good. Yeah. Somebody's got to lock that one down because we got to have that for the fire. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's keep moving here. Just a couple more questions and then we're going to keep the rest of the show moving. Any further generalities you want to share with us about the character, how they might behave in game, like what role they're filling? Support. Yep. I'm Bard. Yep. So mostly just buffing the party and debuffing everyone else. That is the game plan. Uh, that is like a lot of just buffing the party is is a lot of the focus. And so I would be spending almost all of my time probably just making sure that all of my spells and everything else is geared towards in increasing the party's abilities. I would like to say I've got two cantrips right off the bat that I could. How, how do I say no to these with the character that I have? One, bullhorn. Yes. Gotta have that. 100%. The other one that I was like a no questions asked, I don't care if it's a waste, I'm, I have to have it, which is uh, infectious enthusiasm. And it also starts out, great One Piece reference, with enchanted gusto. <laughs> and then Do it with gusto. I was just like, yep, that's getting picked for sure. Yeah, those are perfect cantrips for a bard. Yeah. Absolutely. But I'm also a classic, like, inspire courage, lingering composition, counterperformance, right? Like, all of the classic bard stuff. Sweet. Last question for you, then. Do you have a spoiler-free summary you can share of this character's place in the world leading into Skull and Shackles? I think the big thing to know, and and a lot's going to come out in the vignette, so I don't want to, like, go into that too far, but she's new. Freshly dead and freshly is coming back. So with not much more than a few memories in her head, she's got a goal that's pretty pretty stuck deep in her because it's the only thing she's got right now. So I would say very determined, but I, I can't I don't know if I can say much more about the role. She's because she's very very new in society and she recently washed up on a special island and is on her way to meet the party. Someone will want to promote to captain immediately. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Awesome. I will make sure. <laughs> I, I love it. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm likewise very excited for this character. I think they're really going to round out our party. And at that, I'll kick it to Griff for final thoughts on Haley's character. And then maybe even just like the whole party has been revealed now. If you have like thoughts of how we're looking. Sure. Haley's character has the most ties to Carrion Crown. Yep. Oh, that's that's a good little teaser you're throwing out there. Ooh. All right. I remember that campaign. Yeah, <laughs> remember that? Uh, which means that there will be ties to Carrion Crown in this adventure. So you're missing out if you didn't listen to that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, everybody. Uh, but, now. <laughs> I, I think Haley's character concept was the oldest concept, like was the first concept that came to me. 
and we've been kind of workshopping it since. And I think the backstory is really cool and the, you know, motivations. So I'm really excited for that to kind of reveal itself. And for sometimes you get like a backstory that's like, yeah, that's, that's the course of the campaign. Mm-hmm. Like what you want to do is what this campaign does. Sure. So your arc is going to be the whole thing. <laughs> and that's exciting. Hell yeah. I think as a party, this is a really interesting party. You don't have too much of one thing. I, I, if, if I were to say anything, I'd say maybe too much occult casters, but, but you're, you're <laughs> maybe the only, occult yeah, but, you're, but you're focusing on very different things. It's obviously a very caster light party and it's being kind of band-aided with, with the support abilities from a champion and some of the like faux magic stuff that a thaumaturge can do. But I think you guys are going to be a meat grinder because of all of the benefits to combat that this party kind of bumps off of each other with the reactions that a thaumaturge has and being able to create their own weakness and eventually share that weakness with other allies with the champion's reaction, mitigating damage and mitigating conditions with the inspire courage going on and eventually the counterperformance with characters that are able to frontline and attack from range equally well, as well as, you know, an animal companion, which adds another, another body to the mix. And then with a character that is focusing on blaster casting, you have melee damage output you have range damage output you have multiple type damage output you have healing in combat you have a lot of skills as a group that are different from one another so i think it's gonna go well well i'm very much so looking forward to it but i think it is time for questions i think i see one in the chat here was anyone debating between two builds if so could you share what 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 not or what's a possible backup? Uh, sure. What if it's not a possible backup? Mm. If it's not a possible backup, there we go. Sorry. You can share it if it's a possible backup too. <laughs> share it if you want. Were, were any of you guys debating? Stuff? I actually was. It took me a while to figure out exactly what class I wanted to play. I had a general concept and I knew I wanted to play some sort of a frontliner, but I kind of went around to like, I was thinking about playing a monk for a little bit and playing a fighter. So I kind of bopped around a little bit before I picked champion. And then it just seemed to fit so well. I think it's funny that you are the only one that is double dipping on a class. Yeah. That you've played before. I just loved playing a champion so much. I wanted to play it even more. Well, I was thinking, to be fair, in that campaign, you only got to play a champion for like eight episodes. Yeah, it wasn't much. You got a taste of it. You didn't get the whole thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, Boring answer for me. No. When the Dark Archive came out, I knew I wanted to play a psychic for the next big thing that I was going to do and waited until now to do it. So there there was never a question uh, in my mind of playing anything else. Uh, yeah, I wanted to play a bard. I wanted to play a skeleton. I combined those, made a bard skeleton, and um, haven't really looked back. I Brooks, the the only other consideration that I had was possibly using a different hunter's edge on the on the ranger, an outwit, but because uh, of the name, right? <laughs> I oh, yeah. I did go by, <laughs> by Wit Web. <laughs> yeah. The name came very very last, actually. What edge are you using? Do you mind sharing? Precision. Precision edge. So that's the one where you every round can get your first shot or your first hit has that additional damage. I think it starts at a D8. Mm-hmm. Ooh, that is exactly right. I love that. All right, but I do see a couple more questions in chat. What do we got next, Haley? What pyrotropes will you be leaning into and which ones do you want to avoid from Demuth? Hmm. I think we're avoiding slavery entirely. Oh, uh, yeah, that's yeah. a big one. Yeah, yeah we don't want to yeah. do that. I mean, <laughs> while, while it exists in the background of the campaign, like, no one is playing into that part of piracy. Mm-hmm. I think in general, we're avoiding the, like, nefarious evil pirates, too. No one is evil aligned. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, there, there's obviously, you know, some people are less than good, but, or have less than good intentions, but no one is outright evil at the start of the campaign. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll probably lean into any of those good pirate tropes that like also exist on the the good side of the pirates on One Piece. But that's just because I like a lot of my inspirations from there. Leaning into a lot of One Piece tropes, mostly One Piece <laughs> tropes. Um, just because I'm running the game, so we all will be forced to, but I will be happy to. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's good to have some non One Piece watchers in the cast because then you won't know that I'm blatantly stealing shit. <laughs> It'll true. be new to me. Yeah, yeah, it'll be new to you. I, w- I was actually just gonna ask if there's. I like. I might have to find somewhere where I can stream that because Netflix. Netflix sharing <laughs> passwords is what Hulu does it. Okay, uh, who, yeah, Hulu, Hulu has, has the some of them. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, but not, if you want to watch the live, live action, action live actions yeah. Netflix, and that's good. Is it? Oh. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I actually, I actually recommend that over watching the like first hundred episodes. Yeah. Just to see if you like it. Mm-hmm. I the live action that one's worth because it's like. The live action is like eight or ten episodes an hour each instead of, you know, it gets to the point where you'd have to be 150 episodes into the anime. So it covers that in 10 hours instead of oh. 60 hours. Got it. That's compelling. Yeah. Just just do that instead of. Yeah. 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 I mean, I mean, like it leaves, it leaves some stuff good. out, but it, it's going to give you the vibe of the show and not the early like. 25 years ago animation jankiness. Oh, is, yeah. Because you have <laughs> to like, first season. you have to get through a little bit of that in the beginning yeah. of like One Piece. Mm. Yeah. Some people don't like it, and so that's difficult, but some people do. I mean, so what I would say here is if you enjoyed the pirate tropes that we did in the neutral interlude, because there were a lot, like that's just going to get cranked to 11. I love almost every pirate trope, so it's going to show up in the campaign somewhere. We like pirates. At some point, someone's going to drink rum. Are we got no a chalice thaumaturge that's an alcoholic. <laughs> <laughs> like rum is we'll, going to be drank from. We'll, we'll drop an anchor somewhere. You know, all the big ones. All the big ones. <laughs> Someone will get called matey. You know, the big ones. Uh, what, what other questions we got? We got a question. We have a question also from Demuth, which is for Griffin specifically. Ooh. Will you also try to link stuff from your Bestow Curse campaign? I won't say it's impossible. It could happen, but I think the issue with Bestow Curse, at least where it is right now, is that it's so insular to the one city that th- there's not a ton that I can link to external campaigns. Like, there's not a ton I can link to the Shack. Like, we had Shackles connections and Carrying Crown because I put them in. <laughs> Because I, because I didn't know I'd be running Skull and Shackles, and I was like, I'm dying to put I some gotta pirate get some stuff sort in. of pirate in. <laughs> I gotta get, I gotta find a way to put pirate stuff in. <laughs> so that's why there are connections, and in in Bestow Curse, there really aren't any. I mean, unless somebody, you know, if somebody brings in a kid like backup character from the Shackles or something, there could be a connection there, but. As it stands right now, I think it'd be a little difficult unless, you know, the Skull and Shackles crew take a trip up to Corvosa for something. Who knows? Who knows? Time will tell. Uh, What else we got? So Pixie Diva has asked, and I'm just going to make this a little bit bigger. Uh, So she she directly wrote favorite weapon slash spell, which I'm just going to say favorite weapon slash spell either for this campaign or pirate themed. And I think one of my other favorite spells, I'm, I'm going to just go ahead. I've already talked about two of them that I was excited for that I have to do. But also I got Biting Words, which is a level one spell where I basically do jaunts uh, and I taunt people as well and say negative things and it hurts them. It demoralizes them, I think. I don't remember exactly what all effects it does, but I like this. Oh, that's fun. That's fun. For Atlas, it's obviously going to be anything telekinesis related. My go-to for every combat is going to be either the telekinetic projectile or the psychic-specific, like, save version of that where he's going to be grinding people up like glass. I forget exactly what it's called, but it's it's specific to the, the reaching grasp yeah, or whatever he's called. It's got shred in the name, doesn't it? It's something like that. Yeah. But if we're talking like a nautical piratey spell, this is actually not on the occult list, so I can't take this. 
but I want to shout out uh, the back matter of one of the Gatewalkers books has a spell level one called Briny Bolt, where you fire off uh, a bolt of salt water from your hand. And if you hit somebody, you do uh, some bludgeoning damage and they're blinded for a round and dazzled for a minute as the salt water gets in their eyes. So, yeah, that's kind of fun. Lyra would have loved that spell. <laughs> I know, that would be perfect for her. <laughs> oh, I love that. For my character, Besmara's favorite weapon is a rapier. So, that's what she would favor. And Wit will be using a trident. Heck yeah! Oh, sweet. Yes, yes, yes. My One of my Wait, characters used to trident? play a trident. <laughs> used to have tridents that she threw, and that was so cool. Yep, only because it was asked. I mean, I wasn't going to quite reveal the sword and board, but yeah, trident, throw the trident early, and then keep one one spare for, for up in melee. That's so cool. <laughs> you kind of have just like three tridents on your back. <laughs> yep. That is exactly right. <laughs> He's going to get the bountiful bandolier for Trey. Oh, man. And if, if you have him attached well enough, got picked up some speed, maybe you could run in and ram people with your three <laughs> tridents sticking out of your back. <laughs> I, I do like that visual. Uh, all right. What else we got? We, I think have, we have one. Um, I'm going to go to this question from Rez. GM ruling question. Do you think where sharks have bones like humans are cartilaginous? Car, car, cartilaginous. Thank you. Like sharks. So I think anything that the shark adds, such as fins, are filled with cartilage. I think they would retain bones as like a, you know, a former human. I don't think like the structure of arms and stuff, because where sharks have arms and legs. The structure of those doesn't really work with cartilage. So in order to maintain their ability to walk in hybrid form and stuff, they probably still have bones, but like their tail is probably filled with cartilage. Their fins are probably filled with cartilage. That's where I'm landing on it. Gotcha. So on that note of uh, where sharks, Pixie Diva has asked, and honestly, I'm also curious, how long before we'll get a Jabberjaw cameo? Oh, Jabberjaw, I mean, he, he's down there. <laughs> he's down there, baby. It's just, it's just a matter of when. It's not a matter of if. <laughs> Jabberjaw shows up. Over or under episode five. That's <laughs> what the people want to know. <laughs> Probably over episode five. <laughs> there is a canon part of the book where he shows up. There was or a canon part of the adventure. There was a, a, a very, very short time in character decision was playing a were shark, but quickly. Oh, yeah. I just wanted to play a beast kid. Yeah. Beast yeah. Very, very quickly. Which I actually would have loved. Either that or the animal barbarian with the shark mouth, I thought was a, would be a good idea. Oh, yeah. These are some That's compelling good. backup ideas. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, we are getting a little close to the end of the episode when we're going to be headed towards our after party in the Drunk Disorderly chat. But do we have any other uh, final questions here we want to get in before we go? I think we really we have one really quick one from Pixie Diva, which is should I go watch this One Piece show? My answer is yes, but live action first to see if you like it, and then which we discussed, and then also she asked, uh, will you have fun trinkets like pieces of eight? And I don't know if you mean around the table or in game, but um, we have a bunch of pieces of eight from our wedding that we use as decor <laughs> which I might pull out just to use as my hero point tracker you're gonna have to help me out I don't know what that pieces of eight I don't I don't know it's a piece of gold it's a pirate piece of gold mm -hmm. yeah they're like stamped oh okay I was also given a piece of eight at the Ren fair one year from the, the evil fake king and I apparently wasn't supposed to take it but I did oh. <laughs> <laughs> I love it that's why we can never go back that's why we go back all the time. <laughs> That's why we keep changing our outfits. They can't yeah, pin us they down. Can't pin us down. <laughs> all right. Well, I think that wraps it up for today. I just want to give a shout out to uh, Emily, Brooks, and Haley. Thank you all for joining us today. I think people are going to be really, really excited when this drops. I saw people getting really hyped in the chat already. So that is very awesome. Thank you all so much for sharing. But yeah, I think that's about it. Any final things that you want to share with people before we start logging off here? I'm hyped. That's it. Yeah, very excited to actually play these characters. Oh, yeah. It just slowly gets more and more exciting. And the buildup is 
just I'm also equally as excited. <laughs> that's yeah. that's all. <laughs> all right. I don't really have any wrap up or housekeeping that we need to do today. Just stay tuned for when we uh, announce when we're going to start actually releasing stuff. I don't know if I saw a final jab. I know Corey's not in the chat today, so you're probably safe. So I think we're probably safe. Run out of time. <laughs> I didn't know to check it. No one's DM me. All, All right. right. <laughs> oh man, we made it through safe this week, guys. Pretty glad. <laughs> All right. Well, that's it then. We are going to head over to the Drunkenness Quarterly chat for a little bit of an after party and talk about this further with some of y'all. But in the meantime, Griff, is there anything that you want to tell the people at home before we sign off? Hmm. Why don't you go yo-ho-home, you fucking nerds? (laughs) See you two weeks. Later. (laughs) 